Hey, what's up? It's Aiden Taco Jones here. You are listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 23rd of April 2019. And my voice is completely fucked. Listen to me. My once beautiful voice... The, oh, what's a, I want to say dulcet tones, but that's a hacky way to describe my voice. I'm not normally clear and clarion like a bird has been crippled by um, drugs mostly. Drug? No. Probably smoking. I reckon smoking's done this to me, actually. Why would I? No, I won't lay the blame at the foot of drugs who, let's be honest, have done nothing to no one. Um... It was uh, oh Sunday night, last night at Comedy Festival. Uh, we fucking had it, mate. We fucking had it large, didn't we? We uh, My last show, it's even before that, man. My last show on Sunday night, I barely made it through the show. My voice was just failing. And, um, yeah, this is just what it is now. <laughs> this, is, this is it. Forever. I'm sure it's going to get better, but I've got gigs tonight. I've got gigs tomorrow. There's no days off. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't planning on going out. I, I, I'm really glad that a bunch of mates were at my venue after I finished my show because if no one was there, I reckon I would have just gone home, to be honest. I was feeling a bit of like... I'm getting so much better at that. I'm getting so much better at being out, and if no one's around, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going home. And people can message me all they fucking want. But once I'm home, I am done. It's it's over. And it's so great to be able to do that. Because it means like... I mean, there, there was a time where even if I was in bed, if someone messaged me and said, come out, I would have put my fucking clothes back on and gone straight back out. Because I was so scared of missing out on what was going on. But now I'm like, I don't fucking care. <clears throat> you guys could be fucking lighting a fire inside an abandoned warehouse. 200 meters from my house, I'm not getting out of bed, send me pictures dude, uh, yeah, I'm over it, um, but Sunday night was one of the ones where I was, I think I actually would have been bummed to miss it, because everyone, like so many people that I know were out, all of the comics, all of my friends in comedy were out there, we all went to Festival Club, and I reckon everyone was out until like at least three or four, that's a special night, you know, when everyone's out. It's bad when you're trying to cling on to the night with two or three stragglers or you end up like hanging out with some random crew of people you don't know. That's a nightmare. When you you look around at 4am and you're like, who are these people? Fuck. Why am I in this guy's house? Why am I talking to a dude with three teeth? I did it again, you know? But Sunday night, everyone was out. We were out until... So I don't remember a lot of... <laughs> towards the end of the night apparently when we got the cab home at like 6am with a bunch of people I was sat in the back of the cab in the middle like seat and the two doors were open either side of me (laughs) I was just looking at them couldn't figure out which door to get out of I was in a bad way (laughs) just sitting in the back of this cab frozen like I don't know how to do this (laughs) and then yesterday public holiday Monday just sat around at home in bed just three people in bed with uh just hanging out doing nothing talking shit and oh what a great day and comedy festival's over and you know what i think i said this last week and i'm sure this is probably the last i want to talk about comedy festival now but uh 
on balance, I'd still I'll give it a six. I'll give it a six out of ten. It wasn't great, but it wasn't as bad as the bad points that I felt. I really felt at some points like maybe I just shouldn't even do it next year. It was a nightmare. But after like looking back at the numbers that I got, a final thanks to everyone who came to my show. Three hundred and sixty ish tickets sold and an average of about fourteen people per show. In a 30-seat room, that's great. That's almost 50% attendance. With the free tickets that I gave away, it was well over 50% attendance. And uh, talking to other friends, uh, especially people who I fucking think should be doing so well with the level of, you know, how fucking funny they are, um, who had much worse sales than me, I realized that I actually had a, a pretty solid season. And I think last year, my, my attendance was only like 60%, something like that. So... I mean, I need to do better than that, but it's not like it was a nightmare, you know? I actually had a pretty good season, and I want to come away with some money. I'm waiting for that. Oh, I'm looking at my bank account every fucking... (laughs) I want to be now checking my bank account like I was checking sales through the month, waiting for my fucking money to get get in there, put that money in my bank. I'm on the Event Finder website reading their terms and conditions. Like, one to three... It says one to three days. Is that business days? Or does it count the public holiday because if it counts the public holiday then today's day two i should have my money by tomorrow and i'm gonna go and buy a bunch of clothes i'm gonna buy flights in europe i'm gonna get a new bag i'm gonna fuck i'm gonna buy a new bag and um and then i'll be poor again and we'll be back to where we started i'm very excited for that (sighs) so sunday night was great uh also last week oh my god thursday morning I went to the Imperial Hotel to witness the mighty, glorious Tottenham Hotspur in the most glorious loss of all time, destroy the scum, the oil-funded golf, uh, golf of fucking whatever it is, you know, the Gulf Coast or fucking whatever, the one, the Arab one, the the slavery money-funded scum that is Manchester City, football club, um, I went, I watched the second leg of the Champions League game, Man City versus Tottenham, and, uh, we lost the game, but because we aggregate from the first, like, we, we beat them in the first game, we won the series, and if you don't follow football, just know that it was the most incredible game I've ever watched in my life, with like, I mean, people have a go at football for being low scoring. In the first 11 minutes, it was 1-0, 1-1, 2-1, 2-2. 21 minutes, 3-2. So we went down. We, were, we went down, and then we drew level, and then we were up 2-1, and then they drew level, and then they went up 3-2. And then in the second half, they went up 4-2. We pegged one back to go 4-3, and at that point, we were... At that point, it was 4-all because we won the first game... 1-0, but because we played the second game away from home and we scored goals at their home and they didn't score goals at our home, that's the tiebreaker that they use. So when it was 4-3 and 4-0 for the series, we were going through. And that was at like 70 minutes, so there was 20 minutes still to play. And we are in the pub. I got up at fucking 5am to watch this game. Before I got up at, at 20 to 5 and got the first available tram from my house into the city and... Um, and by the time I got to the pub, 15 minutes had been played and it was already 
there'd been four goals scored. Imagine that. I get up at 20 to 5 to watch my team play, to go down the pub and watch my team play. And there are all these other people there. And even though I wake up that early and get the first tram, I miss four goals in a game of football. When we went 2-1 up, I was watching on the on the fucking Guardian like football blog on my phone while I was walking from the tram to the place. And... Um, Hold up, my computer's just fucking losing its mind here. Yep. No. What the fuck is going on? Oh, my laptop just sucks. Whatever. I'll fucking keep going. So, um... Yeah, when I when I was walking from the tram, I saw my phone... Like, I saw the scores go up. And when we went 2-1 up, I was fucking losing my mind, dude. I was like, oh my god, this is it. We've just scored two goals in a row. We're up. We're going to hold them off. And then they went back. Oh, it was an insane game. And I got to the pub and I was just like, gobsmacked. How is it this this score already? And uh, when we went level at 3-4, I was like, I think we're going to do it. And then after, like, so the game gets to 90 minutes and there were five minutes of added time. Two minutes into that five minutes of added time, they scored a goal and that was, that's it. That's them through and it was just like, people, there were two games playing. The Liverpool versus Porto was the other game on the other TV. Um, the Liverpool fans were winning, so they were watching our game because it was so exciting. And when that goal went in, everyone, Liverpool hates City as well, and I fucking hate City. We all just were like, God damn it, that's it. They're through. And then, uh, so for like 30 seconds, everyone was just like, okay, Man City are through. And then there was like some commotion. We look over at the TV. The VAR, Virtual Assistant Referee, so they've just brought in this season, they've just brought in uh, like video replays for offside decisions for handballs and stuff like that. And there was a, the, the most marginal of marginal offsides ever. Like we're talking of fucking uh, like centimeters offside on their player in the build up to their goal. And the goal was called off. And man, people fucking were like limbs flying. There were <laughs> barstools on the ground, like a fucking a huge wooden barstool, something that would probably cost like a hundred bucks. People just throwing that shit at the fucking <laughs> at the floor of the pub. People screaming, people chanting VAR, VAR, VAR. <laughs> at fucking seven o'clock in the morning. If anyone was walking past that pub, people would have thought. I don't know what they would have thought, man. I, I don't think that a lot of other people outside of people who watch football know that it's a football pub. And it's right in the middle of the city. It's across the road from the Houses of Parliament. I imagine people... <laughs> I imagine Parliament cunts, whatever they're fucking called, <laughs> parliamentarians or whatever, going to work at the Houses of Parliament, walking past the Imperial and hearing a bunch of drunk people at 7am chanting VAR, VAR, going, are we, should we be legislating against that? Is, are we, is that allowed? <laughs> I'm sure we've passed laws against these fucking people congregating in our area of town. Oh my God, it was incredible. And then the last three minutes of the game, like we've just booted up the pitch, man, get it away from their goal. And when that whistle finally sounded, again, more chairs and um, people screaming. Oh, there was this one fucking guy. <laughs> there was, um, so where I was standing kind of at the back of the room, there were probably like 30 or so people watching the Spurs game in this small, so the room was pretty much full. And there was this one dude who, 
you know, I don't know, I don't go with anyone. I just go by myself. I don't really know anyone else who goes. I see a few of the same people, but like, I don't know them. Um, and, uh, there was this one guy who was pretty drunk, but he was the first person who I kind of got chatting to. And so I was like, you know, having a bit of a, every now and then when something would happen, I'd turn to him and be like, Oh, what a bit about that. But then I realized he was drunk and he was a bit of a nuisance and kind of belligerent. So there were some other guys behind me who were Liverpool fans, but they had noticed how much of a fucking idiot he was. <laughs> so I started turning around to them and giving them like sly knowing glances whenever the drunk dude would do something. And, uh, and then when everything kind of went nuts at the end of the game, everyone was hugging and those Liverpool fans were like hugging me. And then that drunk dude like came up to me and just like breathed a load of fucking drunk air in my face. And I, I was like, ah, but I was like, ah, fuck it. We won. And like gave him a big hug. Oh, that guy was fucking gross. There's nothing worse than having to cop a hug from a drunk man in a pub when you're not drunk. And it's like, how are you drunk, mate? What's the logistics of that? Has he woken up at at 4am to get drunk for the game or has he been out all night on a Wednesday night? Either way, disgusting. Ugh, get away. But we got a a nice photo um, for the the Tottenham Hotspur, Melbourne, like Spurs Supporters Society. Got a photo of a few of the people. And then after the game, the pub kind of emptied. People were still lingering around. Everyone wanted to soak up that, like, you know. I wish I was fucking there, man. My mates, uh, big shout out to Dave Alfie Ward, who's the reason I support Tottenham. And my boy Sam Benger, who was over in the UK for the game. They were at the Fighting Cock Social, this uh, Tottenham podcast that they do. They organize big congregations of Spurs supporters. <clears throat> for all the away games, and uh, there were about 450 of them in London in this fucking bar, and they called me after, and Dave was just like crying, I told you mate, it's the best fucking club in the world, it's the best club in the world, Aiden. <laughs> I love you mate, I love you, <laughs> it was so great, and I got out onto the street, and got on Twitter and watched the replay of the full-time whistle again. And, and the coach, Maurizio Pochettino, just fucking screaming at his assistants when the, when the full-time whistle went. And I sat on the side of the street and, uh, and just started tearing up. It's like a two-minute video of the full-time shit. And I, just, I was like laughing out of relief and like joy, just pure joy on the street at seven in the morning as the sun was like just bearing down. And just crying on the street. That's the weird thing, man, is no one else in the street knows that I've been watching football. As soon as I leave that pub, all the context is gone. They just see a man fucking sitting on a bench crying into a scarf. Like a pilot, you know? <laughs> oh, it was so beautiful. I went to the uh, I went to the cafe. I went to a ca- I was like, I want to go to a cafe. I went to this cafe that I've been meaning to go to for a while. They do like sto- like a specialist stovetop coffee cafe, and I just got a stovetop, which I have spoken about on the podcast previously. Um, so I went there, and I was just like with the aim of kind of learning how to do use my stovetop a bit better. And I just wanted to share the emotion with someone. So I went up to the, the lady who I sat down and the lady who came and seated me. She was just like, how's your morning? And I was like, my team won. Tottenham Hotspur, we won. 
<laughs> and she was so lovely. She was, I kind of explained it to her and she was like, oh my God, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. I was like, oh. <laughs> like I wish you understood, you know, I wanted to share it with someone. What a fucking fantastic start to the weekend. What a great Easter long weekend. Easter really is great. I don't care. I really had no fucks to give about the fact that it was Easter. Here's how little it penetrated my brain that the, that it was Easter. As I saw someone on like Sunday night maybe wearing some uh, like rabbit fucking ears on their head. And I, there was so, like no part of my brain had recognized that it was Easter. So I was just like, what the fuck are they doing? What are they playing at? It made me angry. It, it like, upset me. I was like, thanks. Stop dressing ridiculously. Just fucking dress normal. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's Easter. And But still, I was like, who's actually wearing bunny ears out on Easter? Is it really a thing that we celebrate? I, uh, I don't give a fuck about Easter, man. I like the four-day weekend because I just like a four-day weekend. I like how excited people get. That Friday afternoon and then the Saturday afternoon, man, people fucking love it. That a four-day weekend, that's long enough to even forget that you have a job. Do you know what I mean? You're just like, man, get me all of the substances that I like inside my body. I will deal with the consequences on Monday. I, yeah, I love being around those people. I've been listening to uh, Cat Stevens sitting. Um <clears throat> I was listening to a lot of Cat Stevens at the weekend. That was kind of the stuff that... Oh, man. <laughs> Fucking Andrew Portelli, the smartass. Maybe I'll try and chuck that video up on my Instagram. Andrew Portelli got a video of me in my room before my show. And I, like, there's, like, windows for the... Uh, the windows, like, at the back of my room. Which you would know if you'd come to the fucking show. There's windows at the back of the room. And uh, he was in the show next door at the same time as me. So he did his set... And then just looked in the window and saw me <laughs> just playing Cat Stevens and sitting and like pottering around my stage before anyone was in the room, singing it to myself. <laughs> like I looked like a maniac. And he posted it in our group chat and it didn't get any love in the group chat. It's a great video, to be honest. Um, I'm actually gutted that no one in our group chat fucking went for it because it's a great video. I'm definitely going to post that to my Instagram story. Fucking check out my Instagram if you want to see what I'm like when no one's looking, which is an insane person. Or maybe people aren't surprised that that's who I am. That's, he honestly got a very candid video of me. That's what I do in my room before the audience comes in. I'll just sit on my chair, listen to some songs, and like quite earnestly try and sing the song. But I've, as I get older, and I mean, as my voice now is a testament, my singing days are really, they're, they're kind of behind me, I think. Something that I'm having to come to terms with is that the days when I could move groups, crowds of people, just with my voice alone, those those days are numbered. <clears throat> I wonder if I ever really was a good singer, or if I just was a good singer in my mind. I used to, when I walked home from school, from the tram, <laughs> I used to... <laughs> this is actually crazy. I used to um, not even have headphones in because it was in the days before I had a, a phone or, you know, I never had an MP3 player. I used to have a Discman that kind of fit in the pocket of my blazer that I, like my school, my high school blazer. But I often just wouldn't have anything and I would just know the words to the songs that I wanted to sing. And I would just sing songs <laughs> out loud. Like, like at full volume while I was walking home. 
it was like a probably like a, a seven minute walk from the tram stop to my house and i would just say like the living end or or the offspring or red hot chili peppers or something and i'd be walking past the same houses every day at the same time i wonder if the pe- i always used to think i wonder if the people in those houses knew me as like the singing boy you know there comes that fucking kid who's always singing again like nothing bad's ever fucking happened to him in his life sure um <laughs> i used to fancy at that age i used to fancy that people liked it i used to think like oh it's nice people probably think that it's n-. i'm like i'm like i'm like bringing a little tune to the to the neighborhood <laughs> now I'm looking back i was like 15 so I probably wasn't a very great like I, I definitely didn't have like a moving voice you know like I didn't have like an amazing voice I was just a kid probably singing kind of out of tune walking down the street as people were like making their dinner <laughs> maybe they even didn't think I was happy maybe they thought I was sad maybe that's how bad the singing was they were like oh fuck I really hope that kid's okay sitting on my own now by myself <laughs> Everybody's here with me. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> oh, that kid just keeps stubbing his toe, huh? How's he stubbing his toe every single step? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I've also been listening to, man, the fucking... What, I kind of wanted to do Old Town Road as a joke. I don't know if you guys have heard this song by some fucking little cunt called Little Nas X, who I've actually found out after doing a bit of reading is pretty funny online and loves a troll and all of that kind of shit. But this song, it's the biggest song in the world at the moment. And people are saying, like, is it country or is it is it urban? It's on the urban charts, I guess, just because he's black. They're like, well, he's... It's on the urban charts, you know? You can't be on the country charts because only white people live in the country. So it's a real sneaky way of segregating music into race. Um, there's a, I read this article about how uh, on... So he's on the urban charts in the US and he's on the country charts. In Australia, he's on the urban charts, but we actually don't have a country singles chart. But there's a country album chart an urban album chart so they're like is he gonna be on the on the country albums chart when it comes out and they asked aria like the australian billboard thing and um and then and then evidently little nas x got in on the fucking conversation for like in the u.s because he posted a um he tweeted like oh so much hard work went into this album and then an album cover, and the album cover is just all the all the songs on the album are Old Town Road, Old Town Road, Miley Cyrus remix, Old Town Road bass boosted, like <laughs> real funny. Um, it's a fucking cut. Let me read the li- here's the lyrics to this fucking song. If you haven't listened to this song, it's a country. No, it's like trap. I would say it's trap with all of my musical expertise. All right. So I'm glad to put this argument to rest. It's trap, guys. Here's the lyrics. Yeah, I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. And then in brackets, it's just got kio, kio. <laughs> what? I've heard the song and I don't even know what that is. Kio, kio. 
Is that what that is? Skirt. Maybe it's a skirt. Maybe that's the new skirt. Kio, Kio, K-I-O. Anyway, I got the horses in the back. Horse track is attached. Hat is matte to, hat is matte black. Got the boots that's black to match. Riding on a horse, huh? You can whip your Porsche. I've been to the valley. You ain't, you ain't been up off that porch now. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Riding on a tractor, lean all in my bladder, <laughs> cheated on my baby, <laughs> you can go and ask her. My life is a movie, bull riding and boobies, <laughs> cowboy hat from Gucci, wrangler on my booty. <laughs> in, the, in the long and fruitful tradition of country music, he's just, he's just talking about what he knows. You know, he's just talking about the... He's talking about the town where he's from and the land and the and and the the rough life of a struggling cowboy. My life is a movie, bull riding and boobies, cowboy hat from Gucci, Wrangler on my booty. I mean, what else is there to say? You know? If you can't identify with that, then uh you're really living in, in a bit of a fantasy world, to be honest. Maybe you need to take a look at your life and uh, just realize that you might be a little out of touch. Because I know I've got my cowboy hat from Bucci. Bucci? You know, the Chinese Gucci. The knockoff one. And I, I wear it every day. Down to the, uh, the bull riding pen where all the women are topless. What a fucking awful song. Honestly, what a horrific song. It's like, it's a, it's like, it's like Macklemore. It's like that fucking, uh, thrift shop from Macklemore. It's like a huge, it's a very catchy parody song. It's got no depth to it. And it will absolutely win the hottest 100 this year. Ah, uh, it would have won the hottest 100 if it came out in December, but it's come out at the wrong time of year to win the hottest 100. It'll still chart for sure. It'll chart. There's been a lot of covers and it just, why, why these fucking songs? <laughs> Why is this song so popular? Is a joke really that good? I don't know about fucking anyone else, but I prefer a sincere song. I think for me, the the like a moving song is always going to trump a joke one. Is that wrong? Is that is that like a dichotomy? Are there two types of people there, or is it just that's the fun? For me, that's the function of music to like dance and it's kind of like sex, you know. It's great. It's amazing. But don't fucking laugh. There's no laughing. If you laugh at me in sex, then there's, we're no longer having sex. And music is like, I don't want to laugh while I'm feeling shit. Just, I want, I want my feelings and my laughter separate. And I guess that is an argument for not having sincere moments in a comedy show, which is something that I want to do. And so there, I've undone myself. All right. Anyway. What am I fucking talking? I honestly have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about right now. Uh, yesterday was um, not as tough as I thought it would. Oh, let me give a fucking shout out to Hydrodol, actually. Hydrodol, these hangover pills, like tablet things that the comedy festival evidently has a, a, like a partnership with. They are, uh, I don't even know if they're incredible. That's how incredible they are that you take four of them with your first drink or like early on when you're drinking and they just have electrolytes and, and, and fucking chemicals and magic in them 
that make you not have as bad of a hangover the next day. You're still tired, but you don't get the headaches and the nausea of a hangover. And uh, there's supposed... I looked up the website and they're supposed to be for like just, you know, light drinking. They say like two to four drinks, but come on, mate. Young professionals, that's who they're targeting it at. You know, they're like, when you want to have a cup of wines, but still get up for yoga in the morning. It's like, man, you know that people who do yoga fucking take so much MDMA, right? So, uh, it's, it's like, but yeah, it's supposed to be for a few drinks, but man, I've, like, I must have drank easily 15 drinks on, uh, on Sunday night for the closing party, and I had my dolls and in the morning a little bit tired, like, you know, just hung out all day, but was never, didn't throw up, no headaches, just chilling out, feeling great the next day. And the comedy festival had a bunch of these Hydrodol things, um, just like backstage when I did the festival club on Thursday night, oh, which was amazing, by the way. And uh, and then just around, like, on the bar and shit before uh, the closing party. So I just stashed, like, 30 of them in my bag. They're supposedly $18 a pack at the chemist. So I've got like a hundred bucks worth of, or maybe 200 bucks worth of, oh, 300 bucks worth of, <laughs> worth of hydrodols, um, sitting on my, on my dresser right now. And they're incredible. Um, anyway, what the fuck was I talking about? Yeah. So on Monday, yesterday, felt okay, hung out all day, did spleen at night, um, Carl Chandler fucking hit me up and asked if I wanted to do it, and then and then said to me, I thought I could smell a little pig, a little piggy, and I'm like, you know what, that's probably the nicest thing that Carl Chandler has ever said to me, to be honest, calling me a little piggy, I was like, oh, he likes me, and um, beforehand though, I went to, I was like, I'm going to take myself out for a nice meal to celebrate the festival and, and just to give myself a little bit of time by myself before the show. And I, I went out to San Telmo, this Argentinian like grill restaurant just around the corner from Spleen in the city. And fuck, it was fantastic, man. And I don't know if it was the MDMA that I had the night before or, or just the, the general tiredness of 27 nights in a row for comedy festival or, yeah, just the accumulation of all of that and just finally letting myself fucking unwind and knowing that that Monday was going to be a write-off and everything, you know, just the release. But uh, I got a little bit emotional in San Telmo. I got my... I spent $90. <laughs> I spent $90 on that dinner. And I, um, I was just sitting there waiting for my ribs to come out, which were fucking phenomenal ribs. My God. And they say it's like 20 to 30 minutes minimum for the small meats. I didn't even go for a big bit of meat. I just went for the little ones. The, the big ones are like 45 minutes. So I was waiting for my ribs. And I started looking up like um, like famous chefs. I looked up like a list of, you know, the best restaurants in the world just to see. There's one in Melbourne, number 20. Or was it 22? Or whatever uh, On the list, Attica. Um in Ripponlee, I believe, uh, was, yeah, that's on the, in one of the top 50 restaurants in the world, and I just started thinking about, like, and then I started reading, um, they gave last year, evidently, this fucking diners club sponsored an award for, like, a lifetime achievement award for a, a chef, 
and they gave it to this guy from Peru who it said in the write-up had single-handedly developed the Peruvian culinary scene and given it like worldwide acclaim and he'd done so much and this guy's 50 and he's he's opened a bunch of restaurants and it was talking about his life like he started in in Spain learned to cook in Spain and then went to France and was cooking French food but then went back to Peru and opened his own restaurant with his wife and it's called like their two names like something and something you know that's the name of the restaurant and, uh, and after a few years of, of cooking tr- more traditional French stuff, he started to integrate local Peruvian ingredients into the French style of cooking. And <clears throat> I started imagining like his whole life, you know, and I was thinking about like him getting this award, like, cause that's his passion. It's like food and cooking and, and how passionate he was about it to follow that around the world. From when he was 17, he got a, he, he started, you know, working in, in restaurants in Spain and then after that, like his whole life working on this thing to then be 50 and to get this Lifetime Achievement Award and like how happy he was. And then I started thinking about Attica, that place in Melbourne and how that's like part of the same scene, you know, and the people who judge this thing go all around the world. So the same group of people, they probably know all these people who work in the really high level culinary places and they would go to fucking restaurants every night all around the world. And then I started thinking about the place where I was eating and I was sitting on the counter looking into the kitchen, right? Um, And looking at the people prepare all the stuff and the care that they were taking. And I was like, these people are kind of the same as that guy who got that Lifetime Achievement Award. They all have the same passion. And I was relating that to the passion that I have for comedy. And I was like, we're kind of the same, you know? And I feel connected to these people and connected to this guy who got the Lifetime Achievement Award for that thing. And maybe that'll be me one day when if I work hard enough and I'm lucky enough in comedy to get something like that. It's just sitting there waiting for my ribs to come out. <laughs> Thinking about life and passion. <laughs> and I just like started welling up in tears. <laughs> I was just like, life is just beautiful, you know? I'm so happy that, they, that, that I get to be here and, and have this beautiful meal and spend this moment with myself. <laughs> um, MDMA is a great drug, man. <laughs> I don't know if that was it or whatever it was. I don't know. That was, that was a lovely little moment by myself. And fuck, those ribs were good. And then I went to Spleen and I did fine. Had a fine set, can't really talk. Wasn't in the mood to be killing, to be honest. Anyway, fuck, who cares? That's the end of the story. That is the end of my podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Go check out my Instagram if you want to see that video of me singing Cat Stevens by myself in my room the other day. Uh, Oh, also, if you're still listening to this, I'm going to be in Perth. Uh, from the, I'm in Perth for a week, but my show that I'm doing in Perth at the Craft Brewery, the Craft, is it called the Craft Brewery? The Craft in Northbridge, just look up the Craft and you'll fucking find, it's in Northbridge, that's going to be on the 10th of May, I'm doing uh, 52 days again, there's like an encore out there, um, so if you fucking saw the show, tell some friends. You don't need to come and see it again, but if you want to come and see it. If you've already seen the show and you're in Perth, hit me up and I'll fucking, you can cop a free ticket and just bring some more people to the show because I'm going to be doing that. That's just my own show that I'm promoting myself with a bit of help from the venue and a couple other people around Perth, but um, that's going to be great. Other than that, thanks for listening. Uh, have a great week. This has been Aiden Taco Jones sitting under a tree. Peace. Peace.
I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached Head is mad at black, got the bushes black to match Riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your Porsche I been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch Now, can't nobody tell me Where you started from 